Welcome to another episode of Ran Out of Talent. I'm your host, Joe Zare Jr., and with me is Ryan Greening. How's it going? Going well, Joe. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Spent the whole weekend racing, went to the state fair, helped move the jiu-jitsu gym. How was your weekend? You're a busy guy. Yeah. The moving the gym took quite a bit out of me. Sure. Yeah, we had uh, we had planned to head up to my wife's family cabin for the weekend, and then Friday night we had a death in the family, well, and fairly close to me, so that kind of dominated the the rest of the weekend, and then some of the coming weeks here. So yeah, that's always a shame when that happens. Yeah, yeah, shitty part of life, but everybody goes through it. It is. It is. So, let me bring up my notes here. Hey, it's telling me I have a missed call from you. This new Skype yeah, I called up- you a couple times. Yeah, this new Skype update, man. It's not that great. So, oh, one quick thing. So, briefly, Ran Out of Talent was up to number 42 in the hobbies ranking in the United States. Whoop, whoop. Back down to 1,000. Damn. But Malaysia, we're number two. <laughs> F&A. Number two out of two? I don't know. In the obvious category, too. <laughs> but, hey, I mean, it's we're doing pretty well. I don't know. I, I mean, let's be honest. We're doing big things here. Yeah, well, I, I like to think so, but it's just cool when people come up to me at the track. Hey, I heard on the podcast or... Hey, well, what about this idea for the podcast stuff? Stuff like that. And yep, we definitely we got a little bit of a boost from Live RC this week or last week. Um, Aiden gave me a hint on get my pod getting ran out of talent on there and all that. So that was pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. Do you want to go into results or do you want to go into topics? Um, let's see, what did you have here? Uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about LRT Raceway. That's a shame, and it's a shame. Because, well, it's, yes, there, there's some, there's some not great news, but then there's some great news, too, stuff that we have to talk about, and we gotta talk about it fast, because it's happening this week. Yes, um, the regionals at LRT Raceway will be the last race there ever, um, Basically, they sold the property, so that'll be it. And I, it sucks; I won't be able to make it. I'm gonna be doing the heydays gig, right? And you, you know, generally, when we see tracks closed down, it's it's because the the people are are sick of doing it. They're sick of the time and effort. And that's that's not the case this time. You know, it, it was, you know, it was connected to a business, and they are. They're closing that business, and uh, what's his name, Danny? Yeah, Danny Bartholomew. So, so Danny is is uh, branching out into some new endeavors, and with that, the track had to go. But he he sounded pretty beat up about it. He's he's not happy about it. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, you kind of wonder if he tried making a deal to keep the track open or whatnot, and it just didn't happen. I don't sure. know. When you lease or sell property, man, there's so many little things that you don't think about. Yep. 
you don't just pay the money and you're done or get paid and you're done big big contracts so hopefully yeah uh, they've been they've been running awesome races for a decade there now so it's it's a bummer to lose them right right um yeah so if you're not going to heydays i'd recommend going down there for the regionals region eight i hope is almost as many people that said they were going to go from our region actually do because i mean that's going to be a hoot yeah that'll be awesome i i mean i was going to go to be honest but eh, man i i i i don't want to use these words but i prefer to go to heydays sure because announcing right now sounds better than racing at the moment okay that's just me though that is just you. Yeah. So anyways, should we um, get into some results? Like, you, Surf City happened this weekend. We raced at Shamrock. There's some good racing at MMR. Yeah, it did. We can, uh, let's go chronologically. Okay. Uh, Friday night, I looked, took a look at MMR's race results. And uh, so all over our region, if you were racing 10th scale this weekend, the numbers were down. But yep. for whatever reason, Friday night, a ton of fast guys showed up to MMR to battle it out. And once again, he's having a hell of a summer. Torat takes the win. Nice. And a really, I mean, not that surprising, but Chris Maluli finishes second in a really deep field. So that's awesome for him. Yep. Uh, Chris is like up and down. He He's always really fast. He just doesn't always get a good clean run in Every, so he yeah. he put he put it together finished second with uh joey carlson right behind him nice you know maluli kind of reminds me of the jason ching of the off-road world <laughs> how's that i i think that's a really bad comparison just well, in my head to start off but you go right ahead not as a person just the way things go for him like oh. maluli's oh, okay. always right. wrenching He's wrenching more than racing. That's is, what he, it seems like. He runs a lot of practice laps, um, and I, he races a hell of a lot more than Jason. I think Jason just flies places and eats food, and yeah. there happens there happens to be a race going on somewhere near that. That could be. But just looking at his social media, I think he's just a professional eater. Oh, yeah. He claims... He's damn good at it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got to be hitting about that uh, third trimester of uh, pregnancy of having a food baby oh. <laughs> at this point. That's not what I was getting at, but just, you know, he's the <laughs> dude's a... always traveling, traveling in uh, high class and eating high class, and it, uh, right. I'm jealous of his plates of food. Yeah. So, yeah, so I... yeah, that was Friday night MMR action. Not very many guys, but a whole bunch of fast guys. Your dad was in the A-Main. Yep. Uh, Clayton Cartaluca was there, finished sixth. Uh, the proprietor, Andrew Mowry, he got knocked off the podium, which is rare in his own building. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so it looked like those guys had a lot of fun. Moving on to Saturday, uh, you went racing. Tell us about it. Uh, it was a very light day. I don't know what the – well, the weather, it was very cloudy and cool all day. But we did get racing in. Literally two minutes after the A main stock buggy was over, it sprinkled. It wasn't bad, but it would be enough to almost cripple the track. 
just because it was so cool and cloudy. But we got racing in, and you're, the average core group of Shamrock guys were there. Yep. I did the opposite of what I normally do. Normally, I throw down the fast lap and end up last in the main. This time, I threw down the slow lap and ended up second because I was nursing a car that felt like it was breaking. Okay. What was happening, like, if I really dug into a corner and hit the throttle, it felt like there was, like, no launch, like there was something slipping. So I have to go through the damn B6 again, figure out what's wrong with that. So what's the deal on normal occasions? You just can't handle all that pure stock power or what? No. You, you, you finally get a slow car and you end up second on the box. You win the <laughs> senior-junior battle. I mean, oh yeah. how much better does it get? Literally, people got up to my tail and they'd crash. Got up <laughs> I to my that. tail. I love that. They'd crash. Like everybody in that main. Everybody in that main. Well, Craig ran away with it. Craig's car was on fire. Um. But yeah, it happened a bunch with Senior, with Anthony, with Ryan, all those guys. It got up to my tail and bam, crash. Sure. Yeah, it's always enjoyable. Um, you know, Shamrock is a very difficult place to be consistent at. Um, Why is that? Just not not even the layout. It has the grip of a turf track, but it does have some characteristics of a dirt track. Does that make sense? So Not it's at all. Like, it's like you'll slam it into a corner and there there's like a little bit of a rut. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then the approach to the jumps aren't always the same. Okay. That type of thing. The, the layout itself, it's not an inconsistent layout. I like the layout. The only thing I hate on that thing is a waterfall trailer. But whatever. Everybody has to drive on it, and everybody crashes there. <laughs> so that is what it is. But other than that, the, they fixed the traction issue going onto the straightaway, which was awesome. It's just not, it's it's hard to say. stay super consistent when you have that much grip, but also that much characteristic in the track. Does that sure. make sense? Yeah, and it, I mean, it's a long lap for 10th scale too, so. It is. So, um, there's, a, there's a lot more, uh, I don't know, you just, you have to be on your game and a little more focused to hit that many corners, that many obstacles, and and do it perfect for what uh, you guys were on eight minute mains down there, right? Yep. So, so yeah, Craig Kruger takes the win. You take the two spot, and I, I what's Ryan's last name? Ikema. Ikema. Ryan Ikema takes third. Yeah. So, so that very same day. Most of the drivers in our region were at Rick's Hobby Farm. They had 67 entries, so they were looking really good. Yeah, for, for a sure. Saturday race. Uh, and real quick. got an got an early call from Keith Rains. He he called me at about seven o'clock in the morning. He he got an awesome birthday gift from his wife, an M17. Nice. And he hadn't uh, bound up the receivers yet, 
so I guess um, I guess Nesbit reminded him that I had an M17, and he called me up, and we got him going for the day. And Sweet. so yeah, that was my only connection to the Rick's Hobby Farm race. But they had nitros, yeah. so four guys showed up and raced nitro, and that's a neat little neat little thing for some of those people to see because they don't for get sure. to see it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Grant Olson showed up, kicked some ass there. Keith Vanderhyde finished second. Uh, James Gillespie in third, and KP in fourth. Ah, James showed up. That's cool. Yeah, very cool. Uh, E-Buggy, the uh, the track operator. Dave LaRue takes the win there. Uh, Sam Savakul takes second. And Tyler Cody, another local there, a guy that does a lot of shamrock race or not shamrock, sorry, toy box racing. Yeah. Uh, he shows up and gets third in a competitive E-Buggy class. Nice. So that's cool. Yep. Tyler's a really nice guy. I didn't think he was going to get into summer racing a couple of years ago, but now he's he's a year-round racer. Right, right. Uh, real uh, quick, uh, Rick, the day before that race, was sent to the hospital with chest pains. I'm reading he's resting and doing fine. He had a bit of a scare. Good. But, but so he's, he's over at Regions. They had him in okay. the ICU, and he'll be... Uh, They'll be possibly doing another procedure on Tuesday. Oh, man. Yeah. So, get well, yeah, Rick. We'll be, we'll, we'll be thinking about him. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, so, four-wheel drive, 10-scale buggy. Kind of a rare outdoor class, but Rick's runs it. Yep. Uh, Sam Silvacool with his second win of the day there. Luke Unger finishes up second, and Justin Forrest in third. Nice. Oh. Moving on to our favorite class, 10th scale Truggy. Yep. So this is this is cool. So so Ben Savakul, Sovacal, whatever it is. Yep. Savakul. Yes, that is. Ben Savakul. He shows up. He's got a brand new Truggy. Uh, I don't think he had any tires glued up or anything like He's that, which is typical SCT for them. Wheels. I, I think he just did that for setup. Okay. I, I think I think he was just setting it up at the house because he had those. So he shows up to the track, gets tires glued up, misses practice, misses the first round. Damn. And I think he's still TQ'd, and he won. That's awesome. So yeah, he wins his first ever Truggy race. I'm really happy that he that he has that vehicle. He hasn't bought himself something new in a long time. His son yeah. Sam always comes first. Oh, for sure. Which is which is typical with racing dads. Yep. But uh, Homebrew LaRue, so that's Dave LaRue. He finished in the second spot, and Grant Olson in third. Yep. I wonder if uh, Dave LaRue's got a real mini truggy yet. Oh, that's right. He's he's playing with a four-wheel drive buggy with big tires on it, right? Yeah, it's not the same thing at all. Sure. Sure, sure. But So uh, Sportsman had a nice contingent. Uh, Rick Unger. Yep. Wins that one, beats out Chelsea Reigns in the two spot, and Tiffany Nesbitt in the three. A lot of mini truggy action in that. Yep, awesome to see. Yep. Pro Pro Four, another class that's pretty much dead everywhere else, but it's alive and well at Ricks. Uh, Sam wins that one, triples up for the day. So Sam Savakul wins that one. Ben, his dad, finishes second, and Jesse Schultz finishes third. Wow, I believe I want to say Jesse's still running the old Associated Pro Four. 
Oh, really? I think so. The belt-driven truck. I, I want to say he is. Oh, good grief. Or maybe I wonder that's if he just... bought that off of Ryan Schalk. Ryan Schalk had one of those a couple of years ago. Yeah. And they're both local toy box guys, so. Yeah, I'm not... I, I know his two wheels are associated. I swear his Pro 4 was, too. Sure. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, 67 entries at Rick's. That's a great day for them. That's where all the racers were, then. That's where they were. Yeah. And the pros were at OCRC, uh, Orange County RC Raceway, for the 12th annual Proline Surf City Classic. Nobody released a tire and claimed their carcass was the best this week, which is good. (laughs) Well, you you don't have to run slicks there. That's one of the awesome things about OCRC is... You can see tread on those tires. That is cool. Uh, for the most part, uh, Spencer Rivkin kicked everybody's asses. Yep. I didn't watch. I didn't watch much of the mains because it was a, a stationary camera with subpar audio, That's and it was horrible to watch and listen to. So all I did was look at the results. Live RC put all their efforts towards Asia, which was cool but eh. i don't know man they must have paid a good good chunk of change at asian touring car series or whatever it is sure because you're missing surf city for something well nobody in your main demographic is watching you can't asia is their own thing like a good example the ufc is not the number one mixed martial arts promotion in the world. One FC is, but a lot, a lot of people have never heard of One FC, except for everybody in Asia. Hmm. It's one of those things. So, I don't know. It, it's a shame they couldn't get good camera work for that one. Yeah, I mean it's it's not necessarily one of the elite races, right? It's not. It is attended by a lot of the fast guys, probably simply because it's in their backyard. That um, it's a week before the worlds, or two weeks, whatever. Yep, sure. So there's that. Um, yeah, it's a little different. They they run long ten minute mains, so you see a little bit of variance in the results you know sometimes. What? I kind of like that. Like, instead of a triple-A main... Are you there? Hello? Yeah. Okay, sorry. I heard a quick click. (laughs) But what I like... I mean, these batteries can go a lot longer than six minutes. Ten minute, twelve minute, I like it. Run the battery down a bit. Yeah, for sure. All right. So who won? So I mean, Spencer's on fire. Yeah, he is. He won everything but truck. He's winning. He's winning. He's winning everything lately. I don't think he cares about truck, and that's why he's not winning. Sure. Well, I, I don't care about it either because I don't even look. Tuh. Yeah. I I like stadium truck. It's just I like a lot of things, and stadium truck is way on the back burner right now. Sure. Sure. So yeah, that's that's all I got for results um, okay. in America and in our little region in the Midwest. All right. Uh, a quick correction from last week. Um, 
uh, what's his first name? Staub. We were saying it. Drayton. Yep. He's not a real independent. I was corrected. Okay. How so? He was 100% unassociated and almost on the traveling team when he ditched him for Yokomo. And he didn't like the Yokomo, so he ditched him. Now he's running associated independently. Sure. I mean, I get it, but... See, I... It's hard for me to pay attention to everybody doing well everywhere, but I'm sure plenty of people saw Drayton do well, and they saw him claim that he's an independent racer when he's really not even close. Sure. I think what I was attracted to most about the car is we talked about it last week. The thing looked basically bone stock, which is, you know, it's a testament to him driving wise and a testament to that associated buggy. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to steal a Ben Shapiro bit for this one. Okay. We're going to call this uh, good JQ, bad JQ. <laughs> All right. So, last week, JQ does a live video about camber. He's like, if you temp the inside and outside of your tires, you want that temperature as even as possible. If it's hotter on the inside of the tire, stand the camber up a little, a little bit. And if it's hotter on the outside, bring it in a little bit type situation. So you have... A nice big contact patch. I actually sure. tried it this weekend, and it worked well. It really huh. did. Um, it it just made the car feel so much better. Do you, you do, do you want to know my camber? Yeah, sure. Red Benjamin, and I I mean I stick by this to the death. Um, what I do is I don't check it all day. Yep. That's it? Yeah, that, that that's my method. You don't check it? Nah, don't check it. Eh. I can see I can see when it's positive, yeah. and when it's positive, I'll bring it back to negative. Positive's not necessarily bad. <laughs> it is if there's only one quarter of the car that's doing it. That's true. Like, I've gone up to, like, a half degree positive. It's a little... Mu <sighs> when is that... Is that in 12th scale or no. what are we talking here? No, 10th scale buggy. Sure. In 12th scale, yeah, you run either zero or a quarter to a half degree positive all the time. Okay. But there is a place for it in off-road, especially when the grip's up. So. so that was, I'm assuming that was good JQ? Yeah, that was good JQ. So what's bad JQ? Fucking moron. <laughs> goes on the radio impound thread about questions and he goes to rona why don't you like the rcgp oh okay whatever and then it's like it sounds like he got drunk and went on a rant he's sure. like well why won't you let mayfield run it it's like bro come on now he doesn't have the say of what Mayfield does and doesn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, Mugen does. You could talk to Adam Drake about that one. 
But I right. mean, he, and then, you know, he's posting his political shit and pissing everybody off, which he always does. But it, it seems like once things start going a little too well for him, he likes to self-sabotage himself. <laughs> he is very passionate. I'll, I'll give him that. He, he's not though. He's gonna put. He's gonna put what he thinks out there, despite of how it's going to affect him, business-wise. I guarantee he doesn't believe in one thing he puts up there, not one. Really, you don't. You don't. You don't think he's a bleeding heart liberal? I think he's a big troll. <laughs> That's what I think he is. I think he is that big of a troll, and maybe. might be a little special to where he can't see what he's doing until it's too late. He's definitely an expert at getting reactions out of people. But, I mean, he's always done the political garbage, all that nonsense. But, dude, don't don't go after Rona. Yeah, well, Rona pretty much just tolerates... JQ. He doesn't have a ton of po- positive things to say about him. I know he's not overly enthusiastic about the RCGP series in general, and that probably ticks JQ off. Yeah, good. Be mad. I'm mad about a lot of things every single day. I don't put them all up on Facebook anymore. I got smarter. That's, that's what JQ does, though. Yeah, it's what I used to do, too. And you know what? It's like it would make me sick staying up and arguing with people on Facebook. I don't know. There's it it's not a good way to live life for one and for two. It's just not a good look when you're a company owner. You would think some of that would have went by the wayside when he finally got a girlfriend. Ah, uh, that's long over. Oh, really? Yeah. I believe he's okay. done with that lady from the Philippines. Okay. Is he still down there or no? I don't believe so. Oh, all right. He's going to be coming to the U.S. for four months here pretty quick. Sure. But, yeah, you know what? I'll say this. Keenan is the best American team manager he's ever had. And Keenan's been with him for about two years now. If JQ keeps going the way he's going to where Keenan's always having to back shit up, I don't see him lasting another two years. I think Keenan will quit for his own sanity. <laughs> I really yeah. do. I mean, he had Mike Garrison as a team manager quite a while ago. That's around the time when he had that energy drink brand as a sponsor and all that other stuff. And he blew that one really fast. Really fast. Sure. So, I don't know, man. I I wonder if anything will ever snap and fall into place in his head. Or if he'll just be like this forever. To where five years down the line, he'll be that crab-ass old man on Facebook. Well, I used to own an RC car company, and this is what how I think things should be done. Sure. I mean... You got to play ball. 
You do. No doubt. Because this will only get you so far. Anyways, sorry. Hey, good news about RCGP and stuff. Ryan Lutz has been announced as um, one of the beach RC drivers. Yeah, that's cool. That that guy's been going into his pocket pretty far to yeah. support this RCGP thing. Oh, dude. Um, which is impressive. But he's he's a JQ distributor, is he not? Oh, yeah. He's the one who had that big wall of JQ buggies. Sure. I don't know. I don't think um, RC is his number one business. Okay. Well, good for him. Yeah. Oh, then. for sure. So that's why I think he has that little bit of extra cash to throw around. Yeah. And he he grabbed the Lutzinator. Yeah. Or he's washing money. So now, so now we finally have somebody, and when I say we, I talk about Americans that are looking for an American to support. We finally have somebody that we can really latch on to. Right, right, right. I mean, I like so Cole. I, like, I mean, it's, it's not Mayfield, but yeah. Lutz will do. Yeah, for sure. They, they, they called him the most popular racer in America. I'm not oh. quite sure that's the case, but he's up there. He's one of the more likable. That's true. But, I mean, I like Cole Ogden, but I'm realistic. He's not going to do shit. Lutz might be able to do something. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, he he beat all those guys earlier this year in eighth scale. Oh, for so. sure. Um, he's really digging the new Agama, and he's done a lot of them. He's gone on the podium and won some pretty impressive races. Is You think he's going to do some a little bit of 10th scale again with PR? God, equipment? I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> I, I th- maybe maybe I'll push the mini truggy. I think no, him and Tebow are kind of similar. You know what I mean. And Tebow will not give it the time of day. I don't see Lutz giving it the time of day. Sure. I would love for him to, but nah, he's not gonna. The PR stuff. Man, I mean, to be fair, Kelly Roberts beat my ass with one up in Duluth, but my truck was broken. So, <laughs> yeah. But it's one of those things. It's that's another team manager situation. Like if they got a good team manager, when I saw Drake signed with PR. I'm like, oh, he's going to imagine manage Mugen and PR. And I thought it was going to be a Mugen PR deal. They really shit the bet on that one. Right. That's the way it should have gone. Now, Adam was that quick blip on your radar. I'm sure he still has the PR stuff, and I'm sure he's still on the team. I don't... Well, I, th- s- I, thought, he'd, I thought from the get-go... Their deal was more behind the scenes, you know, in his spare time, he's going to run stuff, give you feedback, try to figure out how to make the vehicle better. I, I thought that was what it was going to be from the get-go. It was, but they didn't see the big picture. Because guess what? Sure. If Adam Drake is putting his PR on his YouTube channel that thousands of people watch, that's going to do... A ton more from whatever the hell their team manager now was doing. Sure. 
well, maybe they weren't able to pony up for it because as a busy dude already, he does a ton of local racing. Plus, he's got that side business. And they're one of those rich of the companies. Stuff that he's though. doing for Mugen and OS. Yeah, but they're one of those rich companies. There's a couple of companies out there that are not very rich. Like JQ is not very rich. Um, there's a few others. But then there's teams like Infinity. You're kind of wondering if they're using the company to wash money. <laughs> sure. You know that RC isn't their main gig. Right. It's just one of those things that's, God, I hate to see companies miss opportunities that are so big and so obvious. Yeah. Well, I mean, how much were they really going to impress people with those cars? Adam didn't look bad with them, but that's Adam. I don't know. He Adam hasn't really been that much of a 10-scale driver since the mid-2000s early 2000s even right so anyways and there that that 10 scale truggy looks like a nice vehicle what doesn't look like a nice vehicle is their 10 scale buggy and you can't do shit in 10 scale well, that thing's a bound up a piece of shit drive buggy yeah that thing's a bound up piece of shit the, i don't know about the truggy but i'm speaking from i've seen a couple of the two wheel drive buggies they're not great Anyway, sure. Hey, there's a new touring car motor rule at Dollar Hobbies that is splitting the crowd. Half are pissed are. off and half think it's the best thing ever. I'm neutral. It's uh, it's it's blowing up on your Facebook page as we speak. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Nobody's getting out of hand. No. There's, I don't think we have any profanity. Of course. The two guys that are sharing their opinions are two of the nicest guys in our local sport. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, it came. It's it's come with some debate, and I, I'll be honest, I didn't think about both sides of it right away. I didn't think about the guys that do uh, move back and forth between uh, some of our local tracks, and that does make it a little more difficult to do. Right. Right. Um. But yeah, if you want to just outline what Dollar Hobbies is doing, and then we can kind of uh, get into it. They're doing the $58 spec Hobby Wing 17.5 motor. Yep. Which I can see it, and it's supposed to be as fast as a fast 21.5, so you're literally saving 100 bucks by buying this motor. Yep. Or... Let's say you already had the $150 motor. Now you have to spend an extra 58 bucks. Well, not only... Yeah, now I'm starting to... Like, I'm wrapping my head around, let's say, Paul Doyle's opinion yep. on it. Which is, you know, Paul Doyle makes his way back and forth between MMR and Dollar Hobbies Raceway. Well, MMR is never going to do the same thing that Dollar Hobbies does. Yep. That's not the way that Andrew operates. Andrew's been running a racetrack for a long time now. Uh, by far the longest operating private racetrack in our region. Yep. And he does what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. And that's his prerogative. But also, 
let's also be real. Paul has a nice iron set up in his table, and it takes less than 10 minutes to change motor. I believe, unless there's something screwed up with the Russian car to wear, it'll take a while. Sure. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I, uh, there, there's things I like about it. I, I like it taking, not necessarily the price thing. I, I just like it getting the motor game out of the way. I don't think it's saving you a ton of money. No. The real money that you have to spend in that class is on that freaking car. You know, Anthony. Because to get the to get the best car, you got to spend six hundred and eighty bucks. Yeah. Just for the kit. Yeah, costs as much as uh, a scale buggy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, Saturday at Shamrock, Anthony Z Stratton had a better point. What should be done? What should have been done instead of this? Or added to this, you can only have one body. So therefore, you have one spec body, and you either... So then you really only need three bodies. You need a neutral body, you need a back body, and you need a forward body. Which is not bad at all. These guys have stacks and stacks. and It, it totally eclipses what the motor game is. Sure. The body game, every discipline of racing has some kind of ridiculous game going on. And the body game is the worst in touring car. Well, those are concerns that should have been aired when they were listening. Yeah. But I'm not, personally, I'm not doing touring cars, so. Yep. And I'm sure, you know, Jeff and Paul... All those guys know the body game. They all, I guarantee, have that idea in the back of their head. And I'm sure they brought it up to each other. I'm sure of it. They, they just must not have thought it was a great idea. Or, I don't know. Somebody's remaking the Mazda 6 in a slightly different form. That'd be an awesome spec body. Very neutral. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah, at any rate, it's you know, it's happening at so Dollar Hobbies is gonna give that a go. The five ten raceway is gonna give a two wheel drive buggy class a go with that same motor. Nope. I thought it was a twenty one five at five ten. Is it twenty one five? I thought um let, okay. me, let me look here. Yeah, you're probably right. But anyway, same concept. Yeah. But the difference is is 510 is adding a class and not replacing a class. Yep. That's the difference. The spec motor is not for you and I. At the 5, that is. Nope. And it, yeah, it's a bummer that it's quote-unquote splitting a class. What I really hope it does achieve, though, is just gets some people that are on the fence about stock buggy because they're looking at it and they're like, well, what the hell? These are some of the fastest racers in the region. Why would I want to run that class? Well, I'll tell you what. It It's a great graduation from Slash. It really yep. is. Yeah, Slash, Sportsman, whatever. Yeah. Everybody should learn how to drive a two-wheel drive buggy, and the easiest way to do it is with down power. Right, right. Senior and I were talking about that on the way home from Shamrock. I go, sometimes I do want to get Joe 3 a Slash, because they are by far easier to drive and can take more. 
but I feel like he would go backwards in the progress he's made. The buggy I have for him is easy, but still precise like a buggy. Sure. I don't want him to go backwards. And that 21.5 class at the 5.10, I don't think he'll be there this year. I think he's going to be sportsman all year. But if it does come down to it, I think that will be a great jumping spot for him to go to. I think you're right. So, anyways, you know, I'm a, I'm a dummy. I got to pay more attention to what Reedy's doing. Do you know they have an exchange program? Doesn't matter if this stuff is working or not. To get any of their stuff or what? What are, you, what are we talking about I here? think you exchange a motor for a motor, but any motor. Okay. I'm thinking about after FTR, thinking about exchanging all of my Reedy motors and just getting fresh ones and getting rid of that weird half-step one. So I'm thinking about a 5.5, a 7.5, and then a 10.5 for the buggy. What are you using the 7.5 in? Switch back and forth in the mini truggy. Nah, you don't want something that soft. No, you do. Nah, I don't. You haven't ran on... Well, you have ran on a little bit of loose track. I I don't know. I like it sometimes. Okay. I, I believe we talked about it in a previous episode last spring. Sam Sovacool and Conrad Basie drove the fastest laps with my mini truggy four laps before it was totally dead. Sure. So, it's one of those things, it's, you, you want your 5.5 for sure, but let's say, you, let's say your truck's good, but you don't have the reaction time that day. Just spend 10 minutes and change motor. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I also got a servo, too, that I could trade in. I didn't know Reedy had an exchange program, though. That's cool. Yeah, I had no idea either. Um... Yeah, I would run their stuff for mod motors, no problem. Oh, for sure. They That's what I'm running. Not, I have no issue with their mods. So they've gotten a little warm a few times after a fan is broken or something. Have you seen the new Rudog fan? No. Is that the, or is that the round one on top? Yeah, I kind of like aluminum that. aluminum one? I kind of like that. I might get one. Cool. What I did was I started putting... Um, I've got an aluminum top that i can lay right over my plastic ones okay yep yep and so that's what i'm using to try to protect my plastic ones right now but once my plastic ones are done i'll i'll move to all aluminum yeah yep for in, sure. in the mini truggy i don't think it's necessary in my two-wheel drive buggy but on the outdoor it is man that stuff gets hot no i just mean i don't think i need an aluminum one in oh, that car yeah um Senior and I have been screwing with something with the B6. And we've been getting our motors cooler by putting a fan on the pinion side. Okay. Isn't that nuts? A little different. Senior's got the idea because the Trinity motor is so wide open that you're really not doing anything by putting a fan there anyways. But you put it on the pinion side, way cooler. Way cooler. How about it? Yeah. Senior did it first, and then I did it. It's like, well, damn. 
So thought that was pretty cool. I like it. That's a nice little tip for myself and our listeners. Yeah, quite a bit of randomness there. Hey, but, speaking about um, products and this and that, you wanted to talk about your buddy uh, Donathan RC Racing Products. Yeah, and I'm going to bring him up in a question we got too, but right now um, DRC's making some custom shrink tube for the MIP wrenches. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, they look great, and they they have a sale going on right now too. Yep. Uh, is it 15% off right now? I think there's some stuff that's 20 Okay, I was a, I broke one of my leads, one of their leads on accident. I have to send it in for repair. Sure. I was, one of the bullets was just a tick loose. So I gorilla a flathead screwdriver in there to try to widen it out and it just peeled it like an orange. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's my fault. Uh, but yeah, he's got a, he's got a lot of neat stuff and then when he runs a sale... He changes everything on the website, so you don't have to remember a code or or anything like that. You just go to the website, buy some stuff, and you're getting it for the discounted price. Yeah. Which that. is great. He's got a lot of neat stuff right now, too. Like, he started making, um, like, guys that are combining channels for yep. crazy amperage. He's making leads for that. That's really nice looking stuff. He's, he's got a lot of nice products. Right, right. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we hit questions. Um, let me see. I got one more thing. Um, Keith Ra- Keith Rains, KP, is building a track in his backyard. Very cool. Where are they at? They're just into Zimmerman. Perfect. They're literally eight miles from me. I was going to go help this weekend, but it was quite a bit more moving the gym than I thought it would be. Sure. There were five to ten of us working at a time around the clock just to get it functional by tomorrow. Because when you look at it, when it's sitting there as a whole, when the gym's sitting there as a whole, it looks like, it just looks like um, you got to move some mats and a couple pieces of workout gear and whatever. Simple. Not even close to simple. It was a pain in the ass, but a good okay. pain. In, the new spot's awesome, so I'm excited. Right on. But, yeah, should we uh, get into questions? We got a few good ones this week, and I got a one or two or three in PM. Let's do it. All right. Corey Hens started out. He PM me a question. He goes, um, what do you think about Aurora Region 7? A-scale off-road event at the Dome next summer. Personally, I think it's a fantastic idea. What do you think? Would everybody go in the dead of summer? I think in the fall, like how the Region 8 regionals are being held next week. Mm-hmm. I think yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, it's, uh, if anywhere... In our re- if any one of our tracks was going to have it, it should probably be that one because you're guaranteed to get the race in. Right, right. We just need a regional manager to get off his ass and do something. Do something you don't want to do. The only regional we had is something that he does is on road. Yeah, who's that? Aaron Bonner. Okay, I'm not familiar with him. Yeah, I mean, it's I 
believe he's still the regional manager. It's like he's been regional manager for years and hasn't what does that done mean? much. What, what does that mean if you don't do any regional events? It means nothing, but, I mean, oh. you should be going to the tracks and being like, hey, I want to hold the 10-scale regionals here this year. I want to hold the 8-scale regionals over here. Or trying to set something up. Mm-hmm. That should be the constant goal of a regional manager. You know, I should look that up. I should double-check that real quick. Hold on. Racing. Or the PMs are going to start rolling in. Oh, God. Everybody's got corrections all the time. So, (laughs) anyways, Region 7. Yep, Aaron Bonner is still the regional director. So, anyways. Yeah, the last thing we had was March 14th, 2018. And then before that, it was like 2004. (laughs) <laughs> so no but I would I would love it so yep yeah we uh, I think I think we all love going to the dome yeah alright from Ross we got some heydays questions demographic of racers it sounded like we're gonna have a picnic and turn some laps heydays is a party gotta get the loud good old boys down there Recruiting new drivers, invite. Um, that's not what we're really doing this year. We are doing nitro buggy and nitro truggy only. I talked to Tim today. There's still a few spots left open. If you want to attend, talk to Tim Slenton and or Tony Slenton. Get your name on the list of one of those classes you're not going to go and run both you're going to run one because we just for the simple fact we need marshals yep um saturday is going to be its own race day and sunday is going to be its own race day that's going to be what heydays is it's going to be moto it's going to be super cross style racing or at least as much as the program will allow but yeah, um, it's going to be actual racing. And he says he just built an e-buggy for one of the Players Factory Razor Team kid. And he's going to deliver it tomorrow. So, yeah. Right on. I mean, the e-buggy, I'm sure you'll be allowed to practice, but not race it. So, there's that. Uh, Jason Chenard, what's the best way to charge batteries? Uh, he's doing this. Okay, currently I've been charging mine at 5,200 milliamps at 5.2 amps. You're doing it too soft by a lot. By a lot. Batteries are a funny thing. And again, we had this discussion in the pits. So the proper way to discharge a battery, I have an eye charger. I don't use discharge banks because when you, the iCharger will do a 2S battery at 10 amps discharge. And it'll do a 1S at 20 amps. And I put it in the warming bag. It keeps it at a consistent 104 degrees. When you put it on a discharge bank, that's where you can screw up a battery. 
um, when you charge it, but when you charge it, it likes more amps. You stop seeing a performance gain at 25 amps. So you should discharge to 3.6 volts per cell and then charge it up at 25 amps. That's really, or 25 to 40. But I don't know what kind of charger he's working with and all that stuff. How do you like to charge your packs? Uh, I'm not that into it. I'm I'm not into the science behind it, so I keep it more towards uh, 2C or 3C charge rate. Okay. Um, well, mainly, like, I don't think it really matters when it comes to me running mod in Mini Truckee. No, it doesn't matter in perform- performance-wise for mod. Where it matters is you start building internal resistance, and therefore your battery goes shittier faster yep so that's why you charge at a higher amp okay because you want to keep that internal low because it let's say you're looking at numbers at like six or seven ohms per cell that battery's junk throw it a, well bring it to batteries plus and recycle it learn your lesson and charge it higher sure right on so um let's see here cam what makes for a good track in your opinion location race director layout dirt entertainment if you could build the best track in your mind what would you include outdoor and or indoor do you want to start with this hell yeah i'd buy ocrc boom i'm done i'd buy yadabi i'd buy yadabi and put it on a big enough piece of land to where I could have an outdoor track but like a roof like Texas the entertainment thing like I brought some pickleball rackets and balls to Shamrock and hit hit the pickleball around with the boy that's pretty fun but for adults it really doesn't matter it's cool for the kids but for adults it really doesn't matter the entertainment side of it. Now we talked sure. race director. You know how I feel about that, right? You could have yeah. the best facility. You shouldn't be working for free. No, well <laughs> that that that's the number one rule. But you could have the best facility in the world, and if you have a crappy race director, you have a crappy track. You do. Yeah, I was. So when it came to the Roar Nationals, I was having a hard time watching it because I wasn't into their race director. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. But that's, we're so spoiled, though, because Scotty used to do all of that stuff, and now he's he's smarter, he's a better business guy, yep. and he's doing the stuff that pays. Right. So he's finding, he's finding races and companies and whatever that are actually paying him what he's worth. And so we're not seeing him do all the races anymore. And we just, I, I miss him because yep. he's so freaking good at it. And the RC racing TV guys are great at it. And it just comes down to it that a lot of people, it's, it just doesn't come naturally to them. No, but they get the job because they know somebody. Yep. Or yeah. Or nobody else wants to do it. Like, that's how I got the job at the MNRC. Nobody wanted to do it. At the time, 
I got the job at the MNRC, and I went back and read forums. So back in the day, there was a forums board for the MNRC. And there was a committee forum that only committee members could see. For a couple of years, I was the race director and announcer, but I was not a committee member, so I couldn't see those forums. And then almost every... Dude, those guys hated me when they brought me in. They hated me as a person. They hated who I was inside. (laughs) But they liked the job I did, so I got to stay. But it was a bunch of nitpicky bullshit from people who still aren't who aren't around anymore. But yep, it was, dude. And again, like I said, a good race director that will take away somebody's feelings very quickly. So, yeah, good race director. You need one of those. But yeah, I. You would take OCRC, I'd take the Yada B Arena. Oh, yeah, the automatic, yeah, the automatic misting. Oh, their surface is incredible. Yeah, I love that place. Well, Yada B's got the, um, they had a dirt, I think they still have a dirt track. They have two turf tracks, or one carpet off-road and one turf. And they have an on-road track. And for the guys who like it, they have a drifter course. And I haven't looked at their website in a while. I'm sure they have a rock crawling course. So, but yeah, it's both are good, good choices. But yeah, I would include everything. That's what I would do. (laughs) For me, it would just be 10 scale clay. Yeah. You know, and it'd be it'd be. I mean, a track like that would be so popular here. Oh, it would. Just with with the with the long lap times, and I mean, as the lap time goes up and you gain more and more obstacles and turns and stuff, the fun factor just goes through the roof. Yeah, yeah. So, um, (laughs) yeah. Well, we'll talk about something off air. Anyways, uh. Corey Ludwig, I always hear a lot of talk of classes going away. In my area, the class I've seen disappear that no one talks about is sportsmen and novice. Do you think tracks need to consider making changes to accommodate newer racers? I've brought my friends of my son, uh, sons, uh, friends of his son to practice stays, and they love all RC cars. Even the price really doesn't bother the parents, but the length of the race day turns them all off. Club races go so late a lot of the times my 7-year-old son falls asleep before he runs his main. Point races have have to be an 8-10 to 10 hour commitment. He's curious on his thoughts. I kind of agree. What do you think? What I see guys doing that I think is smart is if they know that their kid doesn't have the attention span for it, they become practice guys for a couple years until their kid either gets to one of two points. Either one, they're interested enough in it that they're going to do the race days, or two, the kid's out of it, and then the dad is back to once in a while he gets to the track you know, for his dad time or for his self time, and he's back to racing. 
But if you're if if you're worried about the length of race days, they're not. I don't think they're going to shorten anytime soon. They, so I don't think that I don't think that's going to happen. I think you yourself need to be a practice person at that point. Right. Well, which is a ton of fun to go out. I I've or, seen dads and sons having a blast at local tracks, going there on pla- practice days and playing together. Yeah, or find a shorter race day to go or a smaller track like shamrock it was a super light day we were done at two yeah there's that but then most people are driving at least an hour and a half to get there well that's just an example though yep or like the toy box where i've never been there to where we've gone past three o'clock maybe three thirty Three rounds of qualifying is ridiculous, in my opinion. You yeah, know, totally unnecessary, unless you have such a down day that there's tons of time for it and everybody agrees to it. Like, right. yeah, we'll take more track time. Right. You know, Andrew was one of the first people that did the shorter qualifying, longer mains. And that's what... There's so many ways things could be tweaked. Like, people would call me... A, a clock Nazi is what they call me when I'm at the computer. Because they're like, oh, you're only saving a minute. But they're saying that a lot per round. I'm only saving a minute. I'm only saving 30 seconds, all that stuff. That adds up. That adds up to be about an hour to an hour and a half overall for the race day. Yep. I mean, there's so many things that can be done. But I agree personally. Well, I have a son that races with the same kind of attention span. And it's tough sometimes because he races once every, well, like at Shamrock when you race once an hour, that was about perfect. Sure. When he's sitting there, when do I get a race? And then around main time, it's when can we go home? He likes to race and he hates waiting around. There's there's ways to fix it. We're just not. There's a RC community to collectively do it yet. But yeah, a big thing would be cutting out a round of qualifying. We don't need three rounds of qualifying. We don't need qual points. Also, make all the qualifiers heads up. That's huge. Unless you're racing Nitro. Which we're still going to make all the qualifiers heads up at heydays. We're going to see how that works. Cool. So, yeah. I mean, I, I see where he's coming from as a dad. It's just... And I think, to go back to his sportsman novice thing, I think it was getting rough in our area, and now it's coming back again. Right, I, I right. don't know what to attribute it to, but there are people... There's tracks doing good things, right? Like, yep. you know, M- MMR still has his specs slash class. Dollar Hobbies Raceway's doing it. Um, 510's got a good sportsman contingency uh, or contingent. The same with the Toy Box. He's got a lot of good sportsman action going on. MMRC's I don't know what to attribute well. it to, but it's looking good. It is? I it's just people getting other people into racing is what's happening and it's the way it's always happened yeah don't be afraid to talk to your friends about it 
right. You drag right. him out there. So, Kirk goes, what do you think of the new Hobby Wing 17.5 sedan class? And then that started. Well, we kind of already touched all of that. Yeah, I like it. That's all. <laughs> Tony Swenson, any more info on Heydays? We covered it. Um, let's see here. Another. You got your, you got your dad. You got Josh Erickson. You got, let's do Josh Erickson. Driver stand etiquette. Is it unacceptable to talk directly to the driver next to you? Well, let's start that one. Uh, Hesh added his two cents, but we're not getting into that. Yes, but sometimes I do it. Like, let's say, it's funny. It's it's situational. So there's a guy next, there's a 12, 13-year-old kid freaking out next to me about a month ago on the driver's stand at Shamrock. I'm like, hey, buddy, settle down. You're doing well. And then I crash, and I go, ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I do for myself is you need to know your audience. So... If you don't know the guys next to you well, yep, and you don't have that type of, um, yeah, you don't have that dialogue, uh, don't do it. Because there's guys out there that really don't want you talking them to them when they're racing. They're locked in. Like say, uh, Kendall Welch is one of those guys. Very professional guy when he goes to the racetrack. Right. You know, he's he's got goals for the day. He wants to get his cars working really well with setup, and he's very focused on his driving so he doesn't want to be bothered by people talking around him there's other guys that are completely the opposite they're jabbering away like a monkey in a tree for the entire main event so you you have to know who you're standing next to but the best case or the best policy i think is if you don't know then yeah probably keep your mouth shut right right for sure um (laughs) at the heart of america back in the day there's this guy named bill walth and I used to shit talk him so bad. I was a jerk to this guy. I would smack talk him so bad on the driver's stand. I'd be like behind him. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to break your legs, Bill. I'm going to break your legs around the chicane. I'm coming, Bill. <laughs> Just, <laughs> oh, man, I'm surprised he didn't kick my ass. So, uh, two, does it distract you when people talk to themselves or cars of marshals, other drivers, or you on the driver's stand? Well, I'm one of the guys that talks to myself, but I try to keep my voice low. Yep, I'm working on it too. It's kind of an RC personal growth goal of mine. Yes, it it does distract me because, like, when Sean Van Dalen's swearing up a storm yep. when he's having a bad race, right. it, it'll get me laughing, and yeah. that distracts me. And then I, you know, sometimes I lose focus and don't drive the best. But I, I personally don't take myself too seriously on the stand. So it's not, I don't really care about stuff like that, but there's some people that really do, you know, they, they take this hobby very seriously and that's fine. And yeah, those people are going to get distracted about that kind of stuff. I, on the other hand, like when we talk about marshals, the only time I'll get loud, loud enough to have a marshal recognize that there's something going on is if I'm sitting upside down for way too long. Yep, for sure. Now I'd, I don't I don't start screaming immediately, but if if I'm sitting there for like five seconds and they're not even they have no idea I'm crashed behind them, I don't think it's a problem to call out. And if you know their name, you can call it out and say, "Hey, behind you." Yep, not a big not a big deal. 
for me, it's a sliding scale. When somebody says a couple of words, it's no big deal. But when somebody starts forming full, angry sentences, that's when it becomes distracting to me. Agreed. Number three, we've touched on this, but we'll touch on it again because it's important. Do you think it is important that a driver stay on the stand if they're broken out? Yes. Absolutely. I used to think, like, if it's warm-ups and you break, yeah, get out the stand. But if you're, I mean, there are some exceptions. So let's say you break two minutes into a half hour main and you're on the driver's stand of the motodome or duluth and you can quietly walk away that could be okay but let's say you break two minutes into a 30 minute race at loose nuts sorry you're sitting for 28 minutes because that is distracting because it's if you try to go double file on that driver's stand it's nuts to butts Right. So, I mean, really, no on-road track or 10-scale off-road track, you could really walk away. There are certain exceptions, but not really. When 8-scale nitro is going on, you would wish that a driver's stand was big enough for it because the noise going on on the track alone should be enough to deter you from distracting people by leaving the stand. Yep. But like you say, yeah, if there's no room then, yeah, you can't be distracting people that are still in the race. That's that's my stand on it. You you say fuck to yourself, yep. and you step, you step back nice and calmly, and you lean back on the back wall or whatever, and you, you wait until everybody's done. Yep, for sure. Um, Senior has a question. Talk about shock pistons, thin, valve, brass, etc. Well, it's... It's the off-road game right now. So since we kind we don't have tires all the way figured out in off-road, as you know, and we're always still doing stuff, there needs to be a bigger game in off-road. So that game's become Pistons. Um, and it's getting ridiculous. So the new Piston you need for 10-scale off-road, at least for turf, is Thin Pistons for... Um, a scale you have like I'm putting tapered into my nitro buggy you have brass pistons it's just there, there's too much to know <laughs> absolutely yeah the unfortunate thing about RC shocks is they are so simple that all of that difference has to come in the piston and when you move to like I, I worked in off-road shocks for many years and at Fox we used basically one piston design for everything because you've got all the other components of the shock like the valving and a bunch of other stuff that you can tune with well unfortunately in RC you're doing that tuning by taking out the piston and replacing it with another which sucks I I wish you know everything could be intricate enough to where there were shims with different diameters and thicknesses so you can change the force curve that your shock is putting out but we're not there yet i believe they're doing that with the new mip well they they use it as a more of a bypass system okay so 
yeah, instead no. of having a full stack where you can make changes at different points in that valving stack, and that'll affect your force curve at different points. So oh, okay. Anyway, yeah. pistons are. Senior and I were talking about it yesterday or a couple days ago, and it's no longer simple. There's <laughs> gu- there's guys out there that have come out with um, piston ideas that they're keeping to themselves. Like Torot has figured something out that he's not telling anybody. It's one of those things. Yeah, well, good for him. Yeah, he, for sure. He, he likes to win. He he doesn't. He 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 goes to the track because racing is fun, but for him, winning is fun. Right, right. So if you've, and it, I mean, I honestly don't know if he needs an unfair and I use unfair advantage in in air quotes. That's just that's basically somebody that does their homework. Yeah. They figure something out. I'm not talking in terms of actual fairness, but, um, yeah, good for him, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really don't care that much. But every, well, yeah, you know, and people are taking pistons and they're drilling it out, alternating holes, all that stuff. It's, and it, sometimes it's like when one thing will work in one shock, it won't work in another. Like the Flashpoint brass pistons were so good in a Kyosho shock. They were money. You put them in a Mugen shock, it just made the car awful. Hmm. And then it's one of those things, you put in the exact same hole with the exact same hole diameter, but in a rounded machine plastic, it was perfect. It's so... You, you have to experiment. I know seniors been exper- everybody's been experimenting except for me i've been too damn lazy <laughs> my car's good i'm gonna start experimenting with the a scale because i think that's where i'll make the biggest difference so anyways yeah pistons they suck that's that's what i think <laughs> um somebody somebody should rat tore out to his team manager and be like hey man uh, we want to know what he's doing. He's one of yeah. your team drivers, right? Yeah. They should be sh- they should be sharing setup info, right? Yeah, but no. <laughs> he he'll get you closer. He'll just straight up lie. Yeah. Well, I mean, beyond him sharing all of his secrets that he's worked hard for, he's a really helpful guy at the track. Oh, for he'll, sure. He'll help anybody with setup info. So. Yep. Uh, it's just one thing he's got figured out that he won't share. He'll share everything <laughs> else. I like it. Good yeah. for him. Uh, Conrad Basie, how important do you guys believe setup is when traveling track to track or even when grip starts to come up? Well, I know for my associated, I've got three different setups from Kyle Holmberg I go through, depending on grip levels and what kind of jumps there are, and they all make a big difference, and you need to change as the track changes for sure. I think you should... With a scale, at least, you should have one setup that you start with, and then you go, well, I want to go this direction or that direction. But don't be lazy. Always be prepared to change it. What do you think? I would say that's great advice to myself. I just don't follow it because I am lazy. My B6.1, I put in the one Kyle Holmberg setup. Ran it all winter, and then I put it back to stock 
with a couple little teeny tiny changes, and I've been running all summer. Ten yep. scale, I'm lazy as hell. Yep, I think you can be. Yep. To be honest with you, especially at the points in our careers that you and I are at, where we want to do well, but we're mainly having fun. We're not. We're not necessarily going for a main wins on a weekly basis. For sure, for sure. Yeah, it's. It's one of those things. It's... But yeah, with eighth scale, which I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that Conrad is basing his question more on eighth scale. I think that's huge. Yeah. Because that's gonna make your that's gonna make your weekend go so much better if you're not fighting your car and tires. the entire time, which a, a lot of and a lot of times he is. And when he gets it right, the kid can drive now. But when he gets it wrong, you can tell. Yep, for sure. Tires it's noticeable. And right now, as of now, the S compound of Proline is the compound to have. That compound is as important as a tread. I'm not going to say more, but it's as important as a tread. Now, come wintertime, are you going to run S3s to save money, or are you going to run MC? I might run S3 on the truck. To get a few more runs out of your tires? Right. I mean, I... I, th- I think maybe you're a little too crazy with the sauce, then. If you're going through tires... too am not fa- going like, through them a ton. I, I only used, like, a set and a half this year. And the reason was, was once I got my first set down, worn out enough, that worked for me at the toy box well, for the rest of the year. I still have my very first set. As my toy box tires. Sure. I'm actually going to rotate them out and bald up a new or a set from last year. I was, I don't want to say I was racing more than you, but every. You no, know, you were. Every, no, that's, that's a fact. Yeah, every week from January until, until April, the end of April, I was racing that truck. But one half of the, the one of the things I do is to make the truck stuff last longer because I don't think it's as critical because that vehicle's so heavy. Is I'm using that purple sticky kicks and that is nowhere near as abrasive as the liquid wrench mixture that I use on my stock buggy. I might have to give that a shot because at places both five ten and the toy box once traction comes up. You still, I still feel the need to sauce my tires, but oh, for it's sure. really edgy on the high speed, like sweepers and all that other crap. Yep. So maybe the purple sticky kicks will calm it down a bit. So, but yeah, set up, set up and tire. I mean, you, you've heard it a million times, Conrad, tires are 90% of your setup too, but also, another good thing JQ said this week, I hate to say he said another good thing, but he said, also, make sure your camber is proper, make sure your toe is proper, all that, make sure your ride height is proper, make sure everything is even, get everything to even, as in measure out the insides of your tie rods, make sure they're pre Within a hundredth of a mil, well, not, maybe not that close, but very close. Then start changing your setup. Because if you have a wheel that's caved in, 
that's going to make your car handle awful. A lot of people don't think of that. They just think, oh, my car is garbage. I need to start changing stuff. Double check everything first. And then if everything's good, make changes. There you go. So, uh, let's see here. Jeff Choban. Uh, maybe sometime in September do a winter indoor on-road season preview. Well. Yeah. Who should we have in for on-road? I think we should. We should bring somebody in. Either Eric or Jeff. They're both good. Um, yeah. Maybe once Dollar figures out uh, what race days they're going to be doing what on, that's going to be huge. I'm sure Andrew already has his schedule out. Duluth doesn't do their uh, schedule until mid-October. So, but yeah, for sure we'll do one. We'll get somebody on and I don't know. Are you going to do much on-road this winter? I know you're not stepping away from RC, but kind of stepping back a little bit. Yeah, well, I I did my stepping back by not spending a bunch of money going racing this summer. Okay. So I I held myself back from from diving back into nitro again because every time I get out of it, springtime comes around and I'll go to a race and I want to build one again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I did that. Um, I, I think I'll have a decent amount of off time on the weekends yep. and I'll, I'll probably even have some layoff time this winter. So you'll be seeing me at local tracks. Um, awesome. I am, I am so close to dollar hobbies. It's hard not to go there once in a while because I, I won't make the trip to the five ten every single weekend. No, I'm, I'm not going to spend all that gas money. Right. But, but I'm going to go. Yeah. You betcha. Well, like the 510 is 40 minutes from me. It's the closest track. Sure. So. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I, I've been having a lot of fun driving my on-road car, so. Yep, yep. Um, Let's see. Hesh, what can we do to stop track drama? This has been a silly season. Um, Band drinking. Simple. I know what he's talking about. Band drinking from the track. No more beer. And not just a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, no beer, but put it in a coffee cup. Y'all need to stop drinking at the track. You're getting big fucking egos. You need to knock it off. That's what you need to do. Anyways. <laughs> and then there was a argument of Hesh and Josh. Uh, we got one... Uh, one from Ryan in the PMs, and then I think that will be it, unless you have Connor questions. No, I had told Connor to take the night off because we had a really healthy-looking question section. Yeah, and it's 8.55 already, so he goes, um, okay, so here it is. Is Carpet Astro still off-road? His opinion is yes. And he says, the reason I say it is because I grew up in the time of when off-road was ran with pin tires and ribs, no sauce, no tire warmers, and definitely no slicks. I say yes. If there's jumps, I think it's off-road. What do you think? 
Yeah, for sure. It's obviously I have a personal preference of what my favorite type of off-road racing is, right. but I don't I don't look down on anybody that does and enjoys something different than what I do. But I look I look at it as more of a grassroots thing. So I sit there and think of the kid playing with the Tamiya frog in his driveway, jumping over a bunch of makeshift jumps he made out of some scrap plywood in his garage and all that stuff. Are you going to tell that kid, oh, that doesn't have a roost behind it. That's not real off-road. Go screw (laughs) yourself. That's what I look at it. I look at it as off-road as something with jumps. If you're doing what you're doing and you're doing what you love, screw what the rednecks say. Because it's really only dumb rednecks that are like, real off-road, roost behind the tires, man. That's real off-road. No. (laughs) Things are what you make of it is what I think. Right. Uh, But, yeah, I agree. It's, you know. Those days are long gone. Yeah. Because the... I would say, in in the respect that they're talking about, the most quote unquote off road, tenth scale stuff that we did was was up at um, oh shit, it's getting late again and I'm having brain yeah. farts. Help me out, wheel brokers. Yes. And we weren't, we didn't have rooster tails going off of our cars right. even at wheel brokers. Well, to be fair, Duluth is still that way, and FTR is still that way, but that's more a scale tracks. Right. They don't make cars anymore that are quote unquote real off road cars. Yeah, if you're, I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head. If you're catching air, that's off road. And yeah, am I am I into black CRC tracks with tiny little jumps? No, no. But, but if that's what you got, it. that's what you got. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're doing what you want, making the best of what you got, call it whatever the hell you want. Yeah. I mean, it's all RC at the end of the day. For sure. So, all right. Should we end this one? Let's do it. All right. Well, and, oh, once again, I'd like to say we're doing okay in the rankings. We peaked in the top 50 real quick before we fell out hard, and we're pretty high in foreign countries. So if you'd like to sponsor us, email me at Junior all one word, at gmail.com, and we'll figure something out. We'll make special ad reads and whatnot for you. Just uh, let me know. All right, I'm Joe. Uh, Joe, I do have something real quick. what's up? So this goes out to, I know uh, a lot of people in our community are motorcycle enthusiasts. Right. And I just want to ask you guys, be safe, you know, don't drink and ride. Please wear a helmet. Um, I recently lost a loved one, a guy that I was close to, and it very well might have been preventable if he was wearing a helmet. We'll never know. But yeah. one thing I do know is it doesn't hurt. It does It does increase your chances of surviving an accident. And, um, yeah, I want all you guys that enjoy motorcycles to, to ride safe. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Rest right. in peace to... My uncle Brian Sarar. Right on, great message. Rest in peace to your uncle. 
All right. So I'm Joe Zer Jr. And with me is Ryan Greening. And we've ran out of talent.